0: Well, bond yields have come back a fair bit today, but no change in expectations from the Fed about lifting rates faster. Energy prices have taken a hit, with Russia saying they want Europe to pay for gas in rubles. Why would they want to do that? And did anyone actually see that coming? And Joe Biden is in Europe today for an extraordinary NATO meeting. I think he's also going to gatecrash the European Commission meeting as well and the G7. So what's going to come out of all of that lot? And PMIs coming out of our ears later on. It's Thursday, the 24th of March, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, US equities have certainly lost their mojo this morning at close. The Dow and Nasdaq both down 1.3%. The S&P 500 down 1.2%. The Russell 2000 has lost 1.7%. It's the same deal for Europe, where the Euro Stoxx 50 is down 1.5%. Bond yields have reversed direction too. Eight basis points off 10-year treasuries, five off two years, eight off 10-year gilts. The US dollar is up a little. It's up 0.3% on the Japanese yen. The euro is down a quarter percent on the US dollar. The pound is down 0.4%. The Aussie is up 0.4% around 75 cents now and oil rising sharply Brent crude is up 5.4% well over $120 a barrel now WTI is up 5% as well so quite a turnaround from London NAB's Gavin Friend is with me so uh, I'm looking for the reason for the shift in sentiment I mean nothing has changed so is this just a recalibration I mean given that the rise in yields you know that we've seen over the last couple of days has been quite phenomenal hasn't it?
1: Uh, morning, Phil. No, I think that's ac- absolutely right. I mean, it's a day where we haven't had any key economic uh, data out. Um, we know that this week has been set by you know what we've been hearing increasingly from the Fed, about 50 basis points at the next meeting, pretty much in the cake now as markets are concerned, even, even again at the, the meeting after that. And so you've had this push up in yields, you've had a flattening of the curve. Equities took it reasonably well um, initially. Now we're pausing for thought. We're thinking about it. You've got yields in the US from from two years out to 30 years all coalescing above 2% and sort of below 2.5, 2.60. That's where they are. Really, where do you go from here? It's very difficult unless the Fed starts to do QT and starts to try and manipulate that yield curve. You know, there's 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 not a lot else. You know, rates are going up. So you can't have short term yields coming down, and yet, you know, what do you do with longer term yields? Because the market is thinking about the economic consequences of going hard and fast. And so there's the tendency to flatten or even to invert. And this is where we are. Well, it's so interesting it's, inter- sort of- it's
0: interesting you're talking about QT because Mary Daly from the San Francisco Fed was talking uh, uh, earlier on today, giving that whole whatever it takes mantra. Again, you know, the data is going to guide them as to where they go, all that sort of stuff. But she was saying, uh, you know, uh, everything's on the table, 50 or 25 and the balance sheet. She was talking about, or, you know, or 50 and the balance sheet. Can you imagine? So... Uh, 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 so they're, they're certainly not, uh, you know, sort of reeling back at all, are they from their position? If anything, well, they're going becoming well, even more extreme.
1: Uh, indeed, they are really talking the talk. And yes, you, and yes, you can imagine. I mean, it's pretty clear, yeah in the in the sort of um, uh, power pivot, the, the incremental pivot, really that this is where they're going. They've all, they've they've long said that they will be moving down the road to we'll call it passive QT in terms of the balance sheet um tightening will be via the non reinvestment initially of maturing bonds we're not talking about uh, active qe where we're selling down uh, the, you know the, the 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 fed's balance sheet um but you know they've been clear that this is coming at a, at an upcoming meeting and so the market is now saying is it is it going to be as early as may or we're going to have to wait to the, the meeting after that one of those two is not going to be you know, um, any surprise at all to markets. Uh, and, and so that's why the market is becoming increasingly polarized in terms of what does this all mean down the track? Does it mean that we're going to go to a recession? They're going to go too hard. Are they going to be able to manage it? Are they going to be able to spot the signs of a slowdown? You know, will, the, will, will any inversion of the yield curve forewarn them? you know, to go a bit more slowly. Take a Bank of
0: England route, for instance. You know, we'll have to see. Yeah, well, and and certainly in the UK as well, their inflation numbers were out uh, yesterday, 6.2% year on year. But the Office of Budget Responsibility saying that with rising energy bills, that could be up to 8.7% by the fourth quarter. And wages, of course, aren't going to keep track with that. Taxes are going up, uh, although the impact sort of lessened a little bit by changing some of the thresholds and and also changing the... uh, uh, the excise duty on fuel as well that's uh, all came out of uh, the, uh, the the spring statement from rishi sunak, the the Chancellor over there uh, but it still looks pretty grim, the outlook for the UK doesn't it?
1: yeah, so this was a quite a big day for the uk finance public finances, the spring statement as you say, the mini budget. Um, You know, th- these things come twice a year, the main budget as well. Um, we should just take a step back and remember that, you know, we're in an environment here uh, where the UK is facing the biggest drop in living standards since the 1950s when records began. Thanks to the surge of inflation, the tax burden, even before this, was the highest. It's highest since the 1940s. So we heard from the Chancellor today some sort of attempt to try and shield parts of the UK economy from this, you know, unfolding cost of living crisis. He cut fuel duty by five uh, p per litre for a year. He raised the threshold of what people will start to pay, um, or where, sorry, where people start to pay a tax called the national insurance tax. That was, uh, he raised that by 3000 pounds. So they won't pay tax, you know, on 3000 pounds worth of income. Um, you know, prior, prior to that, that, that was probably more generous than most people have thought. Um, and, um, you know, he uh, he talked about there was a flourish at the end of he, he wants to be known to be a tax-cutting chancellor. Probably finances are actually looking quite good, but he's put this pre-election gambit in there of a, one, a 1% cut in the uh, basic rate of tax from, from 20% to 19%, but not until 2024. And of course, before that, National insurance taxes, those other things are still going up. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I think it, it, on the face of it, we, we might say today he gave a bit more than people probably thought, but it still isn't enough to head off this cost of living crisis. That's the problem. And if you look at the GDP forecast from the OBR, the Independent Office of Budget Responsibility, um, you know, they cut GDP growth in the UK this year from over 6% to 3.8%. I mean, that's a big cut, isn't it? Yeah, know, it well, yeah, it, but, but, it, they're it, saying, but,
0: they, but they're also saying two, that, you know, you talked about real household disposable income. It's, it, they're, they're saying that's going to fall 2.2%. So uh, that plus, you know, rising fuel prices as well, just compounding that, uh, you can understand where well, there's not going to be so much money around. So, of course, GDP is going to fall.
1: Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, the emphasis is going to be, the risk is going to be on the downside on that as we go further forward. I mean, this is why, you know, we talked before about the Bank of England has taken a different view to the Fed. Because it sees some of these headwinds coming down the track, uh, and thinks that um, some of this, plus plus the plus the psychological impacts on confidence for households and business from the from the war in Ukraine, are all going to do some of the work for
0: the central well, bank. Well, let's look at that war in Ukraine because uh, oil and is uh, certainly in the news today. Uh, we've seen a big increase, big spike in oil prices. Part of that, actually, there's a, an oil pipeline from Kazakhstan to the Black Sea. Uh, That has been damaged, which uh, Russia is saying is going to cut supplies by a million barrels a day. But mainly, I think it's because uh, Russia is now saying they want Europe and uh, the United States Well, it doesn't apply to the United States because they said they're not going to buy any anyway. But for their gas supplies, uh, they want Europe to pay and the UK to pay in rubles. Uh, that's a lot of rubles, though ruble rose over 8% today, presumably because of that. And I'm just wondering, can you actually pay in rubles with all the sanctions that we've got on financial institutions and all the payment systems?
1: Well, there's a lot of questions about this, isn't it? I mean, he hasn't actually said, Putin hasn't said when this will take effect. I think his uh, comment was in the shortest possible time. It's aimed at the so-called unfriendly countries. So the US, as you say, doesn't really affect them much. It's really more about Europe uh, and probably Japan. Um, a couple of questions really arise because we don't really know any detail of this. I mean, the first one is Russia's foreign currency reserves, you know, in mean, dollars, in euros, in and yen, and sterling, etc have been suspended. You know, Putin can't touch those. So you might have thought that's about half of his foreign currency reserves, about 357 billion he can't touch. You might have thought, given that, um, that, you know, the dollars, the euros he's currently receiving from foreign buyers of Russian gas and oil and coal He'd want to keep this hard currency. It is the one way he can continue to gain access to these liquid a- liquid assets liquid currencies that are not dropping like a stone, unlike 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 the ruble. Which leads me to the second point, really. Which you know, uh, why would Russia want to build ever larger stockpiles of rubles when and as the sanctions bite further and harder, as they will, and the Russian economy gets increasingly. Strangled, the value of the ruble at some future point is likely to, you know, decline even further. That doesn't really make sense. Well, yeah, but issue. if, if there is
0: more demand, though, if everybody's struggling to try and find their rubles to try and pay for the gas they need, isn't that going to push rubles up? Well, look at
1: uh, look at the react uh, candidate, and this is to your other point. I mean, there is the issue of gas supply. I mean, this this shifting shifting the contract from whatever it was in dollars or euros to, to to euros to, to rubles suggests it looks like contract renegotiation. That's what the lawyers are saying. And if you look at the comments from Mario Draghi, the Italian prime minister, he's saying, you know, we'll continue to pay in in euros as long as we can because paying in rubles would be avoiding sanctions. So either countries won't be able to buy or there will be at least some sort of supply disruption. That's why, you know, um, gas prices and oil prices have gone up as as they are. Uh, and, and, And to that point, that will just rob Putin and Russia of much
0: needed reserves. So I'm not sure really what the overall game plan is. Here. Well, there's a report from the Dallas Fed today saying a complete cutoff of energy from Russia would push prices so high that we'd see substantial demand destruction and uh, that would create an economic downturn that would be unavoidable, particularly in Europe. So that would cause recession. So, you know, can central banks really do anything to counter that ir- irrespective of what the, the Fed's saying? Uh, the only answer might be to stop the war. And on that, Joe Biden uh, is meeting uh, at a NATO summit in Brussels today. Uh, and then also I think he's uh, going to gate crash on a European Commission meeting and then we've got the G7 as well. So out of all of that, something's got to come out of all of that, but it's probably just going to be more talk about sanctions, isn't it?
1: There's a lot of big meetings, aren't there? There's a lot of pressure from the US and dare say from the UK and other parts of Europe onto the parts of Europe that that, that seem to be dragging their feet a little bit. You know, you mentioned just there about uh, talk of a recession. Uh, actually, um, German Chancellor, uh, Olaf Scholz also warning on Wednesday that an immediate exit from, you know, Russian energy sources would result in a German and European recession. You know, Germany buys, um, half of its gas and coal and a third of its oil from, from Russia. The BDI, which is the German business lobby, which represents over 100,000 companies, back in Scholz's comments and warning, warning that, uh, such a move would have incalculable Consequences; it would cause production disruptions and a mass damage to to the production facilities. I mean, this is all very well and good, but you know, it, it might not be Europe's decision. It might be Putin's decision just to cut them off. Where's the plan B? You know, it, it, it seems to me that there isn't a plan B. That Europe's got to get out of this as quickly as, it, it, as they can, as 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 un, you know as as as, as unappetising as it may be. This is where they're going. I think you're going to see a lot of head-scratching tomorrow uh, over the next couple of days uh, at the NATO and the G7 and the EU Council meetings to try and find a common way through this.
0: Yeah, how? It seems like an impossible question to answer. How do you do that? But yeah, uh, maybe someone will come out with a magic answer. Look, it's uh, it's Flash PMI day today as well. Normally, we'd be pretty excited about this because we get services and manufacturing numbers from Germany, France, the Euro area, the UK, the United States. It gives us a clear indication of how well the US is faring versus Europe. These are marked numbers so they will be influenced by the war um the divide presumably is going to be bigger but i mean actually given this uncertain future do, do these figures really matter this time around
1: oh i think they do because i think we need to see what is happening to sentiment what is happening to orders uh on the back of the war effect um and one can this is where we're going to get this you know this is this is fast moving data and we'll get this quite quickly either this month this month certainly the numbers are going to be softer but I suspect we might have to wait until next month's numbers to get some real damage on this. Um, it might not be a pretty, pretty picture in the, in, in the months to come. I imagine the, the fall that we're going to get later on today is going to be fairly tepid. But again, um, you know, it's it's not. Uh, it, it would be another warning that the global economy faces all sorts of stresses and strains here, and um, you know, again, something that's got the potential to push uh, yield curves, you know, flatter towards inversion Do you
0: know what i've got some i think feel like we've had enough bad news uh, today because i've got some omicron numbers here i'm just not going to read them out because we've, we've taken our fill of bad news for today uh we want to we, we want to at least have some optimism uh, we'll leave it there for now though good to talk gavin catch you soon Thank you. and that is gavin friend sounding like he's talking to us from his downstairs lavatory we'll, we'll have to get the sound sorted out before we talk to him next uh it's going to be uh, dave degeis joining us from london tomorrow i'm phil dobby for nab see you then thanks for listening